When it's time for an adventure on the open highway, one quick call to American Family Insurance gets you headed in the right direction. Our travel peace of mind package is there if you encounter a bump in the road. From roadside assistance to rental car coverage, we have you covered. Find a local agent or get a quote at amfam.com. American Family Insurance. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI, and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Big D Breakdown, your home for all things Dallas Cowboys news. Hello and welcome to the Big D Breakdown, your home for all things Dallas Cowboys news. Welcome to a special Wild Card Weekend episode. First, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Poddex, for sponsoring this episode. You can check them out today at poddex.com and use the promo code Larry21 for 10% off your order. What is Poddex, you ask? That's a great question. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or gamify their podcast. Simply shuffle up, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com and use the code Larry21 for 10% off your order. And our other sponsor is Audible. Audible is home to hundreds of thousands of audiobooks from all kinds of genres. From sci-fi to historical fiction to autobiographies. You're sure to find a, fav- a new favorite audiobook. Um, sign up today at audibletrial.com slash Larry21 for a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook of your choice. And if you cancel your service with Audible, you can still keep that audiobook free of charge. So now, let's dig into the latest news and thoughts moving towards this matchup against the 49ers. So, off. No enemy. 49ers versus the Dallas Cowboys. Well, it's been 734 days with the Dallas Cowboys. Fans, your team's finally back at playing in the NFL playoffs. Only four teams stand away between Dallas and the ever-elusive sixth championship ring. The first team that the Cowboys must go through in order to get to where they want to be is one of their all-finals. For those of you old enough to remember a heartbreak like the catch or the joyous redemption in 1993, 
San Francisco and Dallas have had some historic postseason moments. While history can be fun or painful to dredge up, none of it will matter Sunday afternoon. Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, Michael Irvin, we'll all be watching the stars today. The Cowboys' 5-2 all-time record against San Francisco in the playoffs won't propel them to victory on Sunday. No, this win will come down to the Dak Prescotts and Jimmy Garoppolo's of 2022. This one is about the 49ers, winners of seven of their last nine, and the Cowboys, winners of five of their last six. Two hot teams, one conclusion. As the biggest game in two years approaches, let's get to know thy enemy a little better and break down this matchup. Once Dallas lost to Arizona two weeks ago, it seemed like a gone conclusion that the Cowboys would be playing NFC West team in round one. While most thought a rematch was imminent, or possibly even a rerun of the last Dallas playoff opponent in the Rams, no one saw San Francisco coming. Yet here we are. The most common refrain you'll hear when it comes to the 49ers is a team no one wants to play. They've earned that moniker due to their physical nature of play. San Francisco has no problem whatsoever lining up and running the ball nine or ten plays in a row. As such, 49ers finished 2021 the 7th best rush offense in the NFL. The Niners ran the ball more times than all, but five other teams had scored more rushing touchdowns than all but five other teams. San Francisco does not rely upon just one guy to carry the load. They definitely come at you in waves with options to defend. Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson Jr., receiver Debo Samuel, and even the combo of Trey Sermon and Jamichael Hasty could see carries on Sunday. Mitchell is the closest thing to a bell cow that San Francisco has on the roster, with over 200 carries in 2021. Samuel, however, is probably the, their most explosive, averaging over 6 yards per carry on almost 60 attempts. The 49ers employed the zone run philosophies made famous by their head coach's father in his days with the Denver Broncos. Who is running the ball does not matter in this scheme. Denver, back in the day, rolled out 1,000-yard rusher after 1,000-yard rusher, no matter the name. San Francisco is not just a running team, however. The 49ers finished 12th overall in passing yards, led by Samuel's 1405 receiving yards. While one of the best tight ends flanking him, George Kittle, along with young guys like Brandon Ayuk and Jawan Jennings, they definitely have options. The Niners back up their potency on offense with a stellar defense as well. San Francisco possessed the 6th best pass defense and 7th best rush defense. Pushing their success defensively is thanks to defensive end Nick Bosa. Bosa has 15.5 sacks, 21 tackles for loss, and 32 quarterback hits in 2021. Suffice to say, he lives in your team's backfield. When he's not wreaking havoc, fellow lineman Arden K. Key, excuse me, and Eric Armstead do a fine job of messing up your offensive plans in their own right. All of this explains why the 49ers have made it to the tournament. Why a lot of people think they're going to be open for Dallas. Truth be told, aside from Philadelphia, there is an easy out on the NFC. While I would be extremely shocked to see San Francisco in the Super Bowl, they're definitely capable of winning a game or two. Every other team could very easily represent the conference in February. So the road downs will be tough regardless. If I was coaching the defense for this game in particular, I'd give the Niners a 5-2-4 look. Aaron Curse as my linebacker opposite Micah Parsons.
I would have three cornerbacks on the field at all times with safety and a cover one scheme. Playing five defensive linemen should keep their running game under wraps, while also daring San Francisco to throw more often. The speed of having a safety at linebacker, primarily to pay attention to Kittle, would help neutralize that option speed up Garoppolo's mental clock. Offensively, the Cowboys need to get off to get off a, to a hot start. The offense cannot wait until the fourth quarter to get things going. You've heard me say all year that a faster tempo is key for the team's rhythm. Getting into a group early would go a long way towards ultimate success. Also goes without saying, Cowboys cannot beat themselves. Dallas is the most penalized team. Too many times these penalties kill drives. 49ers are not particularly good at creating turnovers, and Dallas is pretty good at protecting the ball. Avoiding penalties will go a long way towards tipping the scales in the Cowboys' favor. Prior to the season, I predicted Dallas going 11-0. They did just that and more win than I foresaw coming. I respect the 49ers a lot, but I don't think they can handle, the da- handle Dallas if the Cowboys play their A game. The Cowboys are favored by three points, and I think they cover that spread. And now on to Micah Parsons. His week week 18 absence may have cost him the Defensive Player of the Year award. The Dallas Cowboys and their standout rookie linebacker Micah Parsons got some rough news last Wednesday ahead of week 18. He tested positive for COVID-19 and was unable to play against the Eagles. Fans were just relieved that former Penn State record will likely be back in time for the start the playoffs. But what they might not realize is that Parsons' inability to play in the final week of the regular season meant that he would only have 16 games to stack his stats for the Defensive Player of the Year award. While the rookie had to stay back in Dallas, his main competitor for the honor, T.J. Watt of the Steelers, went to Baltimore and added one sack, three solo tackles, one tackle for loss, and three quarterback hits to his statistics. This allowed him to tie the all-time record set by Michael Strahan for sacks in a season in just 15 games played. That brings Watt to 22.5 sacks, 48 solo tackles, and five forced fumbles on the year. If Parsons went to Philly and had a multi-sack game and made plays all over the field like he normally does, it could have been a big boost to his campaign. But even though there's no saying that the rookie playing could have changed anything. His absence, along with Watts' record-tying showing, definitely didn't help his chances. But let's be clear, this doesn't take away anything from Parsons' accomplishments this year. As we mentioned a few weeks back, one of the main reasons we felt a rookie deserved the award was because of his Swiss Army Knife abilities. Yes, he's got fewer sacks than Watt, but Watt never successfully floated into the secondary like the rookie. Parsons even told the press that he takes pride in, quote, being the most versatile player in the NFL. According to Joy Epstein of USA Today, Parsons also said he sacrifices individual stats to help the defense as a whole. Right now, the win bet betting odds for Defensive Player of the Year have closed now that the season is over, but we do know that Watt was still the favorite heading into Week 18. While we're still pulling for Parsons, we sadly think Watt will win this one. Thankfully, Parsons will easily take home Defensive Rookie of the Year, and most importantly for Cowboys fans, he's just getting started. Hey, there could be more. There could be many more Defensive Player of the Year awards in his future. We won't know anything until the NFL Honors airs on Thursday, February 10th.
Our fingers are crossed, but we sadly think the trophy will be headed to Pittsburgh. And now time for our wild card. Sunday, history, projection, and key players. Now the real fun starts. Doesn't matter what happened in the regular season, and whether it was good or bad, that's all out of the window now. The Dallas Cowboys are in the dance. Welcome to the playoffs, baby. Buckle up on this one. It's a bit longer than normal, but it's the playoffs. I'll tell you right now. I'm throwing the kitchen sink into this to get you prepared for Sunday in every way imaginable. Finishing 12-5 was good enough to win the NFC East, secure a first-round home playoff game, and climb up to the number two seed in the NFC thanks to a little help. All of that culminates with welcoming the 49ers, another historic franchise to town this Sunday on Super Wildcard Weekend. Can't waste 49ers, NFL playoffs? Doesn't get much more awesome than this. It's a fun matchup. AT&T Stadium will be a whiteout with fans. Now let's get into our matchup history, some players that can become postseason legends, and talk about a gut prediction. I'm jacked up for this one and very eager to chat it up with you all in the comments. So yes, leave a comment in the comment section below and give us your thoughts on what you think will happen in the game. And now, the all-time record stands at 19 wins, 17 losses, 1 tie, and in the postseason, 5-2. and two both in favor of the Cowboys. Their recent matchup was December 20th, 2020. Cowboys 41, San Francisco 49ers 33. I don't think you can have much more history in a playoff matchup than this one brings. These two teams have met in seven postseason games. Look at the 70s and these teams saw each other three years straight in the playoffs from 1970 to 1972. Move on to the 1980s and we have the infamous pass from Joe Montana to Dwight Clark for the catch for one of the most memorable highlights in NFL history. Or look at the 1990s, and these two teams were top dogs. The Cowboys and 49ers met in three straight NFC Championship games from 1992 to 1994. The Cowboys took the first two with the 49ers, snatching the third matchup. This decade cemented each of these teams as dynasties. Fast forward 20 plus years and we arrive at Wild Card Sunday. Rivalry stalled out for a while due to each team's inconsistency to make the playoffs like they used to. That freeze ends this Sunday with the teams drawing each other in the wild card game. With the history, the aura, and all that comes with this matchup, the stage is set for someone to cement a spot in Cowboys 49ers lore with the likes of Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, Joe Montana, and Jerry Rice. Someone is going to have a chance to etch themselves in NFL history. All of these teams met last year. This matchup is drastically different. Last year saw the Andy Dalton-led Cowboys beat the Nick Mullins-led 49ers. Now we have Dak Prescott and Jimmy Garoppolo leading the charge. Last year saw the two teams leave the matchup at 5-9 each. This year the teams are 12-5 and 10-7 respectively. This playoff matchup checks all the boxes. It has history, star power, tradition, big name quarterbacks, going to be a fun one and you don't want to miss it. And now for our weather report. Obviously, playing at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, and with a retractable dome on a turf field, high of 51, low of 36, plenty of sunshine, wind 5 to 6 miles per hour with gusts up to 15 to 16 miles per hour.
Obviously, weather's not going to be a factor in this one. Roof and or windows open. It's going to be a beautiful day down in the Big D for some playoff football. The tailgate should be get going bright and early. Toss the ball around, fire up the grill, and enjoy it. Inside will be rocking and a sight to see as the Cowboys are going with a whiteout game. All of that said, this one has ideal conditions. I suspect they may leave the roof open at AT&T for the sunlight and a little fall feel in the air. Players should not see any issues cramping due to warm temperatures, and there shouldn't be any factor of cool air slowing down passing attacks. The weather and the fact that the game is indoors makes it feel like we are setting up for points lighting up the scoreboard. The Cowboys have been very successful indoors this season. They sit with a record of 8-3 in games that have been played within the dome. I know most teams play in a dome, and it likely is an indifferent stand, but it's the playoffs, and I'm going to use anything I can to trick my brain into an edge. Plus, this year beats Green Bay in round one or two, which the Cowboys will avoid. Give me all the dome games to eliminate weather worries and just play football. And now, let's take a look at some of the under-the-radar players. So, starting off... For the Dallas Cowboys, I give you Tony Pollard. And the 49ers, I give you Jawan Jennings. The choice to rest Tony Pollard during the Week 18 trouncing the Eagles didn't make many waves due to the significant amount of other starters out with COVID and other injuries. But it might just be the most important choice the Cowboys made. Pollard is known for his quick cuts, his burst of speed when he gets even a sliver of a crease, and his do-it-all ability to run and catch passes he could be called upon a lot on Sunday afternoon. The 49ers have the 7th best run defense in the league and only allow 103.5 yards per game. Now they do allow 4 yards per carry and due to that there is some room for Zeke to keep them honest. That pairs exceptionally well with a rested partner who has had ample time off. Pollard will be fully rested and should have his pop back. Trying to consistently run against the 49ers and begging to put yourself in touch situations. That is why I think Pollard's versatility comes into play in a big way. I'd still try and run the ball, but I'd give the 49ers a taste of their own medicine. Using Pollard on tosses and even jet sweeps with him. Lining up in the slot. Sneak in 2-3 to three screen passes. Manipulate a few matchups with Pollard one-on-one -on -one with a linebacker in space. Get funky with it, and I think you can create a 100 plus yard day for him to be the difference maker. Pollard is slippery and he has an extra gear that not many backs in the NFL have. That isn't just due to watching him, that is due to the number of carries he has that go for 5 plus yards. His ability to get chunk runs could propel the Cowboys offense and make the 49ers stay honest, giving the Cowboys favorable matchups with their star-studded receiving group. Last week the 49ers resolve against the Rams was nothing short of impressive. Cowboys fans and players alike were rooting for them as they propelled us to the number 3 seed and guaranteed that the trip to the Green Bay couldn't happen in the first two rounds. Everyone knows the 49ers offense goes through Debo, Debo Samuel while listed as a wide receiver. In my opinion, he's the best all-around football player in the NFL by a long shot. He can clearly produce as a wide receiver, runs the ball more than any other receiver in the league, and even tossed the touchdown last week. The Cowboys and defensive coordinator Dan Quinn knows Debo is the 49ers guy. Trayvon Diggs will likely get him when he lines up out wide. Inside, we get an even better matchup. Gives us the best all-around offensive player going against the best all-around defense player in the league, Micah Parsons. That matchup is the cream of the crop. 
you don't see that often, and it should be enjoyed. With Samuel garnering all-end attention, I think the Cowboys need to be cognizant of receiver Jawan Jennings hurting them. It is clear that Jimmy G trusts Jennings as he put up a career game in a pseudo-playoff game against the Rams. Jennings also has an it factor to his game. He may not put up the biggest numbers or gaudy stat lines, but he seems to step up when it matters most in crunch time. He's constantly delivered for the 49ers on third downs and in finding the end zone. Garoppolo will look to Jennings on third downs late in the game if it's close, and any time he needs a big play, Debo is taken away. Jennings isn't a national name, but if not treated with care, he could propel himself to a prominent level with a clutch performance on Sunday. But, before anything can be said, there's a cowboy stat that proves a path to victory over 49ers could be rather difficult. While the Dallas Cowboys ended the season in the NFL in both total yards and yards per game, there's no denying that the run game has had issues since the middle of the season. Even though Zeke and Pollard have both dealt with injuries and have a baked-in excuse, the pair hasn't been producing the way they were at the beginning of the season. Nevertheless, the Cowboys have continued to emphasize the importance of the run en route to the playoffs. The problem is that their first-round opponent has one of the best rushing defenses in the league. The Niners are seventh best in total yards allowed. The bigger problem is that 49ers swarming run D has gotten better towards the end of the season. The 49ers average rushing yards per game allowed in 2021 is 103.5. But in the last three games, the average was 80 yards. Against the Rams, it was just 64 yards. That doesn't bode well for a Cowboys team trying to figure out the run, and this specific stat doesn't help. Dallas is 9-0 this season when the team has at least 30 rushing attempts. When they rush less than 30 times, they are 3-5. and five. So, what is that? so what does all this mean? It means that the Cowboys can't solely rely on Dak Prescott in his arm, even if San Francisco stays staunch, staunch early. Keyword, solely. Yes, Prescott should take advantage of a struggling 49ers secondary to get some deep shots or high up touchdown grabs. However, if the run game can't find a rhythm and the team is only relying on Prescott's arm, the numbers show it won't go well for America's team. If the Cowboys offense can have versatility by creating success on the ground and in the air, San Francisco will have a lot of trouble. If Dallas goes out there and tries to only rush or only throw, not going to end well. The 49ers are certainly hell-bent on making Dallas one-dimensional. A strong, eclectic game plan from Kellen Moore in the face of this challenge is imperative. Thankfully, like we've mentioned before, Pollard had some extra rest in week 18, which means he and his foot are ready to go. Elliott also told the press that his knee feels solid, and it isn't stiff anymore, which is also a great sign. Both of these rushers need to have stellar games in order to allow for the run game to work. Getting all parts of the offense working is clearly a crucial key to Cowboys' victories. But the question remains, will they be able to execute it all on Sunday? Excuse me. And now we're going to take a look at five of the most insane wildcard weekend games in Cowboys history. Wildcard weekend is here. Dallas Cowboys are hosting the 49ers at home in Texas. This rivalry is filled with lots of playoff history, and this matchup 
should be an exciting one. Since the start of the original round of playoff games in the NFL, the boys have played in 12 wildcard games, going 7-5. and five. Although Dallas and 49ers have met seven times in the postseason, none of them were in wildcard games. The last time these two teams faced off in the playoffs was in the 1995 season, making the third straight teams competed in the postseason. The result was the 38-28 loss. Dallas is hoping for a different result over 25 years later. To get ready for the big game, let's take a look at some of the most, well, I guess you could call it wild wildcard games in Dallas history. To some football fans, a few of these games are an insane memory. To others, some of these are heartbreaking moments. Number five, Prescott's first playoff win. The 2019 wildcard game against the Seahawks marked the first big win of the Zeke and Prescott era. It was the fourth game. The score was as follows. 0-3 Dallas, 3-3, 6-3 Seattle, 6-10 Dallas, 14-10 Seattle, 14-17 Dallas, 14-24 Dallas, 22-24 Dallas. The contest had everything. Gorgeous Prescott to Gallup, who sadly is missing this game. This weekend's game, I should say. 11-yard touchdown pass, where a young Gallup found a way to make the catch despite intense pressure from Richard Sherman. And an impressive toe-tapping catch by Doug Baldwin right at the sideline. Zeke sitting Sherman down with a gorgeous stiff arm on a run. And of course, Prescott putting it all on the line with its aerial flip to eventually get a touchdown. Prescott's 226 passing yards as that game remained the most passing yards thrown in a rookie playoff debut. Unfortunately, the Cowboys would lose in the divisional round to the Rams. But this wildcard game against the Seahawks was a thriller. Cowboys haven't made it to the playoffs since that 2018-2019 season. Will this wildcard matchup be just as exciting? Number 4. Cowboys lose to Minnesota in 2000. This is one of those games that isn't a pleasant memory for Cowboys fans. The loss was significant for many reasons. For starters, it was the final playoff appearance for both Troy Aikman and Emmitt Smith. It also marked the end of the Dallas dynasty in the 90s. On January 9th, 2000, in the Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome, 64,000 plus fans saw the Cowboys get their butts kicked. All-time NFL greats like Chris Carter, Randy Moss, Aikman, Smith, all played in this matchup. Cowboys had an early lead, but the Vikings offense took off, led by Randy Moss, who was previously snubbed by one Jerry Jones in the NFL draft. Moss's 58-yard touchdown catch from Jeff George marked the start of 24 unanswered points from Minnesota. Aikman would retire after the next season. Smith would retire three years after that. And number three, Cowboys beat the Bucks in 1983. This was another back-and-forth game, but the Cowboys came out victorious in this one, beating Tampa 30-17. The lead changed a whopping four times in this contest. Dallas was down 17-16, heading to the fourth quarter. From there, it was all Cowboys. Similar to today's Dallas team, a lot of the victory was thanks to the defense. Monty Hunter had a 19-yard pick-six to put the Cowboys up 23-17. Cowboys great Everson Walls also had an interception in the matchup. Quarterback Danny White led Dallas with over 300 throwing yards. 
His 10-yard pass to Timmy Newsom sealed the deal in the game. Tony Dorsett also had over 100 yards rushing. The Cowboys impressively held down future Super Bowl MVP Doug Williams to help secure the victory. Dallas would go on to beat the Green Bay Packers in the divisional round, but lose to the Washington Redskins. Missing a shot at the Super Bowl. Number two, Romo and the boys beat the Lions in 2015. We know that Tony Romo is often criticized for his inability to perform in the playoffs. This game showed the opposite. This was arguably one of his best games as a Cowboy. It wasn't looking optimistic for the Cowboys when the Lions quickly went up 14-0 in the first quarter. Beautiful 76-yard touchdown by Terrence Williams brought it to 14-7. But the Lions scored two field goals that made it 27 Cowboys went into the fourth quarter down 20-14. Then, with just over two minutes to go in the game, Romo found Williams in the back of the end zone to put the Cowboys on top for the first time in the game. Romo clawed his way back in this one, even converting a crucial fourth down to keep Dallas alive. He ended the day with 293 passing yards and a quarterback rating of 114. Although Romo was a highlight, rookie then rookie Demarcus Lawrence sealed the deal for the Cowboys. He had two strip sacks in the final two minutes to keep the Lions from coming back. Maybe we'll see more of those from him on Sunday. But at number one, sorry Romo, we had to do it. The Tony Romo fumbled snap. Cowboys fans, you knew this one was coming. On the extreme opposite end of the spectrum, by far one of the most upsetting and memorable moments in Cowboys playoff history was Romo botching the snap in 2007 to keep Dallas from beating the Seahawks. It's a heartbreaking memory for Dallas fans. This fumbled snap is forever linked with Romo for the entire football universe. Let's set the scene, shall we? Throughout the game, the two teams battled each other for scoring. The Cowboys were winning the game with six minutes left, 20-13. Seahawks safety made the score 20-15. Then a late Matt Hasselbeck touchdown to Jeremy Stevens made it 21-20 Seattle. Their second lead of the game. The Cowboys got the ball back and drove it all the way down the field with a fourth and one in the red zone. Dallas was forced to kick a field goal, but a field goal that should have led to a victory. Unfortunately, it's not what happened. Romo, who was both the starting quarterback and the placeholder, took the snap and the ball seemed to just fall out of his hands. Romo tried to pick the ball up and run it into the end zone, but was tackled from behind and stopped short of the goal line. Seattle would go on to miraculously win 21-20, and Romo would go on to have nightmares about this play for the rest of his life. We can only hope that this season the wildcard game doesn't come down to a heartbreaking moment like this one. The Dallas Cowboys are and should be focused on the playoffs and continuing to play as many games as possible in January and February. However, the list of their home and road opponents for the 2022-23 season was released this week and it's making us think ahead. The actual schedule and order of the games won't be revealed until March, but you can already start to consider which games you may want to travel to or head to the stadium for. As always, Cowboys will face their NFC East rivals, Eagles, Giants, and the soon-to-be-named Washington team once at home and once on the road, but there is some new variation in the other teams they will be facing next season. Spoiler alert, next season brings some much tougher opponents than this year. This season, 
Dallas had quite an easy schedule. Aside from a disgraceful NFC East that easily allowed the Cowboys to go 6-0, the Cowboys got to face an injured, COVID-riddled team, the Falcons, the Panthers, and the Broncos. All teams that ended up with losing records. That's 10 out of 17 walk-in-the-park games. Even though they embarrassingly lost to the Broncos in many other winnable matchups too. Next year won't be as simple. So let's break it down. There are a lot of unknowns. Scheduling, coaching changes, and roster differences will play a big role. The Cowboys themselves also have a ton of free agents who may not be on the team anymore next season. Until then, let's see which game should be a breeze and which will be a tornado. So first off, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home. Brady is going to throw the football until he is 90. Till then, he's always a threat. This is a rematch of a close week one game, and will be intense. Cincinnati Bengals at home. The Bengals have had a stellar comeback season thanks to their young stars Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. And next year, they should be only be another season better. And we got the Colts at home. Carson Wentz hasn't been the quarterback that Indy needs him to be. But there are plenty of other weapons on that team. The Colts have a great coach, stellar defense, and standout running back in Jonathan Taylor. Then, away, we got the LA Rams. The Rams are always a tricky NFC opponent with an experienced quarterback, excellent head coach, and a terrific defense. They are a strong team. Then, the Cowboys are headed to the frozen tundra to face the Green Bay Packers. This is probably the scariest. The Cowboys heading to the frozen tundra to face a likely back-to-back -back MVP and potential Super Bowl champs will be a big challenge. Ideally, this takes place in September, but the NFL would never help us out, right? The AFC South champs may not be talked about as much as other elite teams, but they deserve recognition for garnering the number one seat. Plus, a healthy Derrick Henry is always a threat. Then, Minnesota Vikings away. This one brings a lot of unknowns, a new coach, and possibly a new quarterback. The Cowboys' biggest hope is if Kirk Cousins stays, and they play in primetime, so primetime Kirk can blow it. And then, Chicago Bears at home. With a new head coach and a growing Justin Fields, the Cowboys, or this could be a surprisingly tricky. These two teams last faced off in 2019, the Cowboys lost. And now the official 22 Cowboys homes and road opponents that the team should be happy about. Philadelphia Eagles. They may be the strongest NFC East opponent, but that doesn't mean they're strong enough to beat the Cowboys on either turf. Washington fill in the blank. Unless a new name magically changes everything for this team, you can expect two easy W's here. And the Giants? It's going to take a lot more than getting rid of Joe Judge to get this team back on track. And then Houston, Texas at home. The Governor's Cup is always a fun one. It will be more fun for Dallas since it's hard to imagine them losing to a team that went 4-13 in 2021. And then, Jacksonville Jaguars. The only chance the Jaguars have at winning this game is if Kellen Moore is their head coach. Even then, I doubt the Jags can pull it off. And the Lions at home. The Lions are perpetually a team that struggles. Amon Ross St. Brown had a stellar season, but one man isn't enough. And now that is all we have for this episode. Thank you so much for watching and listening. If you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash D. Link will be in the description if you want to support us. Check us out on Good Pods. 
Um, give us a thumbs up and a like. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts on the topics we covered in the comment section below. And let us know, how far do you think the Cowboys will make in the playoffs? Do you think we have a Super Bowl coming? Super Bowl victory, I should say, coming? Let us know. Thanks for watching and listening, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Big D Breakdown with your host, Larry Lees. Thank you for listening and watching. Follow us on social media at Big D Breakdown on Twitter, Facebook, the Big D Breakdown, and on Instagram. Just search the Big D Breakdown. Thank you for joining us. See you next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.